0: Thank you for joining us for worship in the parish of Kasluchur and If you're joining us for the first time, remember to take a look at our website, stcath.org.uk, to discover a little bit more about what God is up to here and how you can be a part of it. We would love to hear from you and we'd love for you to partner with us. As we begin our worship today, let's pray together. Almighty and everlasting God, by whose Spirit the whole body of the Church is governed and sanctified. Hear our prayer that we offer today for your faithful people, that in their vocations and ministries they may serve you in holiness and truth, to the glory of your name. Through our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, who is alive and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and for ever. Amen. So let's praise God together in song.
1: reading from Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 to 9 and 18 to 23. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the lake. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, Some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet, such a person has no root, but endures only for a while and when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of the wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing but as for what was sown on good soil. This is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be now and always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our great Redeemer. Amen. The fact that a powerful gospel, one that we know is powerful in our own experience and in the experience of others, had made relatively little impact on the world at the time of Jesus, and in parts of our own world today, can sometimes trouble and dishearten believers. Despite the vast crowds that followed Jesus, the thousands who came to hear him teach and to see his miracles, the number of his committed disciples remained relatively few. His impact on society was negligible, the Romans were still in control and the religious establishment was resolutely hostile. Until they killed him, of course. Now in our Gospel today, Jesus deals with a problem that this comparatively feeble response was given to the most powerful message in the world. Notice that the sower sows the message of Jesus and his kingdom. The soil is four different responses that the sower can expect as he sows the message. Some of the seeds fall on the path that runs through the field. The trampled ground is so hard that it doesn't seem even to penetrate the ground and it's eaten by the birds. These are people that the message doesn't even begin to penetrate. I can think of a friend of mine who's been to church with me on countless occasions. We've had long discussions about the Christian faith. He's met many of my Christian friends and he's spoken to them at length about Christian things. But the truth has never touched his heart and he remains completely immune to the message of the Gospel. Some of the seeds fall on rocky ground. These are areas where the limestone bedrock was very close to the surface and there was very little depth in the soil for the seed to put down roots. Although they spring up quickly, the shallow soil dries up very quickly when the sun comes out and the plants wither. These are people that do respond. They respond very quickly and with enthusiasm but they respond thoughtlessly and without real understanding. When discipleship is shown to be a matter of standing up for Jesus in the face of a hostile world, it comes to an end as quickly as it begun. These are people who make a spectacular start in the Christian faith, but they fail to put down deep spiritual roots. And it's roots that guarantees fruitfulness in the long run. But the thing about roots is that you can't see them, they're unseen, so these are people that are very good at turning up at church on a Sunday. They never miss a midweek communion or a PCC meeting, but they don't put down deep roots, committing their energies and their time to actively getting to know and to experience Jesus more and more. They don't choose to get fed on the word regularly and to communicate with God. They don't put their money where their mouth is and aren't concerned about wanting their actions to change and to be more Christ-like. We see them, but we can't see what's going on under the surface. On the surface, they're kind, smiling, sensitive and caring. But there isn't much spiritually going on underneath the surface. No one knows that, other than them, of course nobody knows that until some disaster happens until the sun begins to blaze some hardship or persecution breaks out and then everybody sees their spiritual roots because they're nowhere to be seen in the face of difficulty their joy in jesus vanishes and they seek it in old familiar ways again other seed falls among the thorns The fields in Palestine were often surrounded by hedges and these were full of thorns. Some of the seed fell just underneath the hedges. It didn't grow up strong and healthy because it got no light and all the nourishment was taken away from it. This is the person that never allows the message of Jesus to guide his heart. He hears the good news about Jesus but notice that he doesn't receive the word with joy as the previous person did. And it's not surprising, because he has so many other things on his mind. This is the presentation on Monday that the boss is attending, the dinner with friends, or the house that he's about to buy. Just bit by bit, Jesus just gets squashed out of his life. Not by things that are wrong or particularly immoral, but he's just too busy, too preoccupied for Jesus. Too much else is taking up his time. Too much else is worrying him. For many, it says in this text, the worries about money, the great deceiver that never delivers on its promises, the difficulties of wealth that chokes many Christians' lives. There's a famous story about the family of a successful banker who chose his favourite hymn for his funeral. But unfortunately there was a misprint in the fourth line, so they all sung, Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. Death of death and hell's destruction, land my safe on Canaan's side. But it was an appropriate mistake, because that's precisely what he wanted. The concerns of money-making, money-saving and money-spending had always dominated his life, choking that early interest that he'd had in Jesus and making him completely unfruitful. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a large nutritious crop. Notice that this is the only one out of the four responses that bears a lasting fruit. This is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears good fruit and it yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty and in another thirty. This is the person who hears and understands. It appears that understanding is important here. What is it then to understand the message of Jesus? To understand it isn't simply to have head knowledge of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for each and every one of us. That's sorting out our mess, the mess of our sinful behaviour, so that we can know forgiveness and friendship with our Creator God. It's to add heart knowledge to that head knowledge, to relate it to everything else that I know. To relate the message of Jesus to every other aspect of life. My work, my leisure time, my thinking, my relationships and even my finances. This is the way to become a disciple. And the fruit that is produced is a God-centred life. A life lived in the service of the Lord. We shouldn't just limit this fruit to the influence that we have on other people and on society. A sort of evangelistic fruit, although that's really important too. A fruit tree is never blessed by its own growth. It's other people that enjoy the sweetness of its fruit. But this is also the fruit of our whole lives. The way that our lives are lived out in the service of God, which not only blesses others, but ultimately blesses us individually too. Notice that it's good soil, whether it's a large ten-acre plot or a small urban city allotment plot. Whether it's thirty-fold, which I gather is a good crop, or whether it's a hundred-fold, which I gather is an extremely good crop, it's still good soil because it produces a good harvest. So what's this parable saying to us? It's saying that we shouldn't expect everyone to respond to the message of Jesus in the same way. And in fact, only a proportion who hear the good news at any one point will respond to it and become disciples. Now that's reassurance, isn't it? We're not failing when the vast majority of people in Gorsainen don't turn up to church on a Sunday. Jesus tells us that we can expect small numbers. But Jesus has always been interested in the individual and in his story, rather than simply putting bums on pews. People's response to Jesus will always be varied and it'll be mixed. This isn't because the message is in any way inadequate. No, it's still the most powerful, life-transforming message in the world. It also explains why some of us have friends that have fallen away from their faith. People who we've known as flourishing Christians that are now nowhere spiritually. People who used to play a big part in the life of the church but no longer come near. What then was it that produced a good harvest? Well, it wasn't anything very flashy, really. It was simply seed in good soil. Somebody ready to receive the good news flourished. And there will always be good soil wherever the seed is sown. You find this often in the most unlikely of places. You find that somebody responds to the good news and very often it's not the person you thought it might be that does respond. So the message here is not, don't be discouraged when not everyone accepts and lives out the good news about Jesus when it's shared with them. It's for us to keep sowing the seed regardless always being ready and being willing to share the gospel of Jesus and the impact that Jesus has had on us whenever we have an opportunity, regardless of the type of soil in which we're scattering. There really is no place for discouragement because eventually your seed is going to produce a harvest, whether you know about it or not this side of eternity. There's always good soil. Sometimes you... You may share something about God with somebody and it looks as if the seed has fallen on the path. It seems as if your efforts were pointless. But over time, at another point in their life, somebody else may also share about Jesus with them. And due to a change in life circumstances and thinking, not to mention previous seeds sown, they're now more like that rocky ground and a new found faith may initially flourish before withering up again and yet later on at another time somebody sows gospel seeds into the thorns of their life and truth begins to take a deeper hold in them but still world worries preoccupy them until one wonderful day when somebody again fulfils their god-given mission to share their experience and by now this person's soil is ready It's good and ripe for a gigantic, life-transforming harvest. There will certainly be a harvest. God promises it. Nothing can stop it. Seed plus good soil will produce a wonderful soul harvest. So be those disciples for Jesus in this place. Keep on diligently sowing the seed and you'll be active in the advancement of the kingdom of God. Amen. Mm Yeah.
2: Oh mm-hmm.
3: Let us bring our prayers to God, confident of a hearing and his desire to hear from us. Father in heaven, thank you for the seed that is sown, good news of the gospel, your concern for every one of the people you have created, and your desire for them that they should flourish, and bear fruit and be productive and thrive in every way forgive us that we know the parable of the sower so well but we don't so often pay attention to our own growing and fruit bearing help us to understand again and to set our minds to what is really important lord In your mercy, hear our prayer. It seems natural to us that Jesus told stories about farmers and country life. Natural because it was what he knew, and natural because we remember that you are the creator of all, of what we think of as nature, but also of science and the mysteries of physics and medicine and subjects we don't even know about. As we give thanks for your great creation and its wonder and its beauty, help us to be responsible stewards, people who live on earth and look after the earth and all its wonderful systems and balances, not messing it up, not leaving it in a bad state for those who may come after, but working carefully to live sustainably, well and caring for others. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we give you thanks too for the gift of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who helps us do more than try a bit to be good, but rather living in us, gives us motivation and energy and direction. And we give thanks for the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, which brings together those who share a loyalty to Jesus, whatever their background or life experience. Draw us together in your church and help us to learn from one another and to support and help one another. Be with Adrian, our vicar, and John, our bishop. We remember today the area around Crick Howell, where the churches are known as Katug Ministry Area, and Rana Khan is the ministry area leader as well as Vicar of Crick Howell. And further afield we pray for the Christians of Papua New Guinea in the Pacific, a land of many, many different languages and communities separated by the geography of high mountains and deep valleys. Beyond our understanding, but we thank you that there is a well-established Christian community there, And we pray for them as they pray for us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We remember the changes taking place in our community as lockdown eases. And we pray for those who guide them. Our government, our planners those who have to enforce the regulations and laws that are made, and those who work so hard not only to give us food to eat, which we appreciate, but also those who try to keep us safe and work on regulations that will stop infection rates rising. Help us to be wise and patient. Help them to be careful in their calculations and investigations. And guide all concerned with our communities, large and small, that they may live together as good neighbours, caring for the weak and the vulnerable, old and young, those who are not good at looking after themselves. We ask it in Jesus' name. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And as we pray for our communities, we remember those in difficulty and need, those who are ill, thankfully perhaps fewer now, and yet for each of them, a worrying and critical time, and those who care for them, perhaps now very tired, and equally worried. We give thanks for our health service and our carers in nursing homes and on domestic visits. And we pray for them, for their welfare, their safeguarding, their proper place and recognition in our society. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We give thanks for pleasant weather, a bit of sun, the chance to get out. And we ask that we may thrive, enjoying all that is good in your creation, but also remembering that it's not only our gardens that are to bear fruit, but we ourselves too. Help us to grow that fruit of the Spirit, the love and joy and peace which come from something beyond ourselves, the patience, the goodness, the self control. These are difficult things, and yet with your help they develop, not just through our effort. So, Lord, help us to keep close to you, to be practical to grow, to laugh, to encourage one another and to go forward as your people knowing that as we do so, you know where we're going and that it is good. You know what you have prepared for us and that it will be, it will be better and more wonderful than anything that we could plan for ourselves. Merciful Father, accept these prayers, for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ.
0: Amen. So as our service draws to a close for yet another week, we send you our thoughts, our prayers and our love, and we look forward to seeing you very soon. Stay tuned until the end of the service today, and you may be blessed by some familiar tunes, the sound of Martin Bell playing our very own organ at St. Catherine's but for now may the peace of god which passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of god and of his son jesus christ our lord and the blessing of god almighty the father the son and the holy spirit be with you all and remain with you always amen
2: I will hold the Christ light for you in the nighttime